Thanks everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Dr. Geneva Williams today from Detroit, Michigan. Now Dr. Geneva is someone who's running a leadership company, a leadership development company, but also serves as the director for Life6 Alliance, which is a nonprofit planning and development organization focused on the quality of life and economic opportunity in Northwest Detroit. She also hosts Ignite to Impact, a podcast, which is available on all the major podcast platforms that are out there. And we'll find out about the life and times of Dr. Geneva, what got her here and where she's going. So welcome, Dr. Geneva. Thank you. How are you? It's so good to be here. Thank you, Rajiv, for having me as one of your many guests. Absolute pleasure. So in your words, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I think I'll start from right here, what I'm doing right now about myself. So I'm on this mission to help women over 50, those who are entrepreneurs and executives, uh, learn winning strategies so that they can, you know, enhance their business, be successful, and live a vibrant life. And so most of the women that I deal with really have been successful in life, but as they get older or as they age, um, they become uncertain about next steps and what should they do and how can they live their best life and still, you know, run their businesses and, you know, be entrepreneurs or executives and do all those things that they want to do for others and also take care of themselves. And I, I really came to this Rajiv, and which, which is one of the reasons why I just love the uh, invitation to come on your podcast is because I really had like a plan B <laughs> and I really stumbled into this work. I had grown up thinking I was going to be a teacher. Um, my parents were in, at least my mom was in education. My dad was a government worker, but they were both civil rights activists. And we lived in a very small community. And in fact, it was a community of caring adults everywhere. <laughs> and I really thought I was on the path to education and being in the classroom. Well, that didn't work out. And one day a friend of mine told me about a social work program, community organizing and social planning and helping create community change program that was going on at Bryn Mawr University in Pennsylvania. And, you know, Rajiv, at that time, there was money available to um, have people of color come into these very prestigious universities and earn their degrees. So I kind of said, well, why not? And that really led me in that path of community work, community change, working with individuals and organizations to um, create opportunities for people and resources. So that's, so once I got on that path, I've been on that path for the past, you know, 40 some years in nonprofits. So I've been in the United Way movement and have run United Ways, run nonprofits, run foundations. And then about 10 years ago, I decided that I was going to switch 
careers um, and decided to become an entrepreneur. And I really wanted to um, begin to talk with and help more people uh, develop and learn winning strategies uh, to be successful and felt that I could do that on my own platform. And so that's where I am today with my own company, my leadership development, personal development company. And that's what I do now. Awesome. So let me ask you a question. So, you know, with your nonprofit work and your background in the nonprofit area, mm -hmm. you, you have kind of seen how do I put it? The resurrection of Detroit for that matter. You know, 2008, yes. we all know what happened in 2008. And here we are in 2021. And it's a full circle, the last 10 yes. to 13 years. So you've yes. seen, and pr prior to that, you know, Detroit was, uh, was uh, you know, on the cusp of uh, the pinnacle, booming, uh, you know, uh, auto town, and then things changed, uh, you know, deserted and all that, and then uh, reinventing itself. What's that journey been like? You know, what can you share from your experience during those times? Well, that's a that's a wonderful, wonderful perspective and great um, summary of where Detroit was. You're absolutely right. And for me, it was very interesting to come into the city. I wasn't born and raised here. I grew up on the East Coast in a small coastal town in New Jersey, right on the shore. Uh, went to school in Baltimore and Philadelphia and, and worked there as well. And then uh, met my husband, the love of my life, who was a Detroiter. And so I moved to Detroit. So I've been here 40 some years. So I've been able to really see from an outside view the Detroit transformation. And also at the same time, Rajiv, see that from an insider's point of view, it's transition because I was working for organizations that really were at the heart of the change. So I think a couple of things are going on. One, there's this, you know, Detroit is a resilient town. It's very resilient. And I think that has a lot to do with success, whether it's a town or an individual. You know, if you have that stick to itiveness and you're going to hang in there no matter what, um, you usually can make it. So Detroit's resiliency is just well known, well documented, and I think stands in its stead. I think secondly, what's occurred is that many Detroit is well, certainly the leadership and the leadership has brought along many Detroiters have a vision for the city. And so um, I remember one of the first uh, assignments I had when I came to Detroit and started working for United Way was joining Mayor Coleman Young in, in the first ever strategic planning process. And ever since that, every mayor has engaged in that kind of planning process where a vision has been set for the city and everybody works real hard to try to achieve it. And I think that has, lasted and really is what is in current daytime. And so many people are aligned with Detroit's um, transformation and revitalization and what it should look like and what our city should do and how we should care for our young people. 
And so that vision and then, you know, the goal setting, how do we get there, I think has been a part of Detroit's transition. And I might also say that I think for individuals too, who are looking to break through to success and be successful, having a vision, having a goal, having action plans, and knowing where you're going and sticking to it with that resilience, you know, again, they're combinations for success. And then I think the third thing, uh, Rajiv, and there's lots of factors and lots of things I've observed, but I think the third thing that I'll mention is that Detroit really is a city that cares. Um, it cares about its people and it shows in its philanthropy and has for years. When I first came into Detroit, I was really, um, and got into philanthropy with the United Way and started looking at those numbers and caring about statistics and in terms of how people give of their time and money. I was amazed at how Detroit stacked up against other cities in terms of giving of its, the citizens giving of their money and of their time to make a difference in the community. So it's, it's a city that cares. And I think that makes a difference. Uh, now, there's always tough times in politics. Don't, I'm not trying to paint it all rosy because it ain't. <laughs> but when I step back and I think, well, what has really, what is really contributing to the energy and the revitalization of the city. I think those things um, in terms of resiliency, there be an alignment around vision and Detroit caring for its residents and its residents caring for each other. I think they matter in what's happening in the transition. Absolutely, Thank, thanks for sharing that. You know, that kind of helps paint a picture of how the transformation occurred and where it's headed. Mm -hmm. You know, now that you're into leadership development and working with people. Yes. You know, one question that I've always been curious about is, you know, when you, when you look at the younger generation, mm -hmm. when, when they're starting off their careers, they complain about how do I gain experience if I'm not given a chance? Yes. I, I need to begin somewhere to gain experience. But on the other end of the spectrum, what we call ageism today, which I think is, is very true, you know, for a, for a certain position that demands experience and expertise, and you do have the 50 plus or the 45 plus population that, that bring that, but along with that, there's also a price tag attached to it for that experience and expertise. And a lot of companies are re-looking at it. And just because somebody is in that age bracket, they try to find someone junior, someone with mm -hmm. uh, lesser experience and make do. As a result, this whole ageism debate has started where, mm -hmm. where they say that once you hit your 45, 50, it's, it's difficult finding the right opportunities for you. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? What's your experience been on that working with different leaders out there? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely think it's changing. I, I do. I, I, you know, ageism, all the isms are still with us. You know, there's no doubt about it. Ageism, sexism, racism, they're still with us and unfortunately may be with us for some time to come. But I do think we're seeing a, um, a, a shift 
in what's happening with folk 50 and older. As you know, Rajiv, the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs are those who are plus 50 and also women of color in that age group in particular are you know, starting new businesses all every time you turn around. Now, of course, the pandemic um, has you know, really hurt many, many small, particularly uh, black businesses um, as we move forward, uh, but certainly the growth is in there. And now you have so many, you know, I'm a baby boomer. So, you know, us baby boomers, uh, we just, we just aren't done yet. <laughs> We're not. Um, I remember when I, um, uh, you know, left um, United Way and then was asked to start a new or national organization um, uh, demonstration model uh, called City Connect. And then after I did that for 10 years, I said, okay, like what's next? And people would say to me, well, aren't you gonna retire? Um, it's time for you to sit back and relax and enjoy yourself. But I didn't feel that way. And I know many folk over, you know, when they get to that, uh, you know, 50 plus, 50, 50s and 60s, they still have a lot they wanna contribute. And I think the value is the experience, the wisdom, um, and the know-how that many of those over the age of 50 have. After all, you've lived a half a century <laughs> already. So, um, but, but you know, what I really think that the key and the secret is, and, and for employers who have workforces, listen, to be successful these days and in the future, you have to have a diverse workforce. And so that not only means in terms of gender and race, but also age. So to be able to have a mixture of experiences and a mixture of energy levels and, and those differing ages all in the same workplace, I think is a plus. Um, plus, you know, I don't think the baby boomer population Rajiv, is going anywhere. Um, you know, we love to travel, we're going to travel, we want to travel, um, we want to give back. Uh, we, we're about the business of creating legacy while we're still living and working and playing. And so I think all of those dynamics are going to make for some really interesting times. And I think the smart employers will take advantage of uh, the diversity uh, that we have and really leverage it so that um, their products can be better and their services will be more enhanced by having such a, you know, a myriad of uh, different people and experiences um, in the workplace. Absolutely. So, you know, with your company, what are the services that you provide? Well, um, I, of course, we do some of the things that you typically expect with coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching, speaking. Um, I also have a number of seminars and forums where we bring together women and talk about various issues. But one of the things that I'm um, really focused now on a mission um, is to help 
women uh, develop personal action plans. That is, you know, those um, uh, plans that you have vision and when you identify your vision and your goals and your action, you sprinkle some heavy self-care and put together systems and wrap all of those things into a game plan for your life. And this game plan can change at different stages of your life because, you know, what you were interested in and thought was important when you were 20 or 30 typically doesn't make much sense or matter when you're 50 or 60. So as we develop these personal action plans, um, uh, they need to be very flexible. And so I teach women, help women learn how to develop these game plans for their life that helps them with their next steps, helps them learn strategies to be successful, um, helps them uh, develop their self so that they can be the best uh, that they can be and can take care of themselves and their families and uh, fulfill their responsibilities in community. Awesome. Awesome. So your, your podcast, Ignite to Impact, yes. can you talk us through it? Oh, I love Ignite to Impact. It's just one of those, you know, one of those favorite things that that I do. And, and you know, I, again, and that's why I just love your show about Plan B, because um, so, so much of my life has been Plan B. <laughs> I stumbled into podcasting. Um, I had uh, just lost my husband to cancer. Um, we had a wonderful 40-year marriage. Um, and at the same time, my mom and dad got sick and they both passed. So I was dealing with this incredible uh, loss of the people who had always been with me. I mean, I had never known a day in my life without one of them around. And um, so they were gone. And I was really going through it. I was really having a tough time. I had just stepped into entrepreneurship and was trying to launch this business. And I didn't know which way to go. And as I worked myself through that, um, a good friend of mine said, well, you know, you've always talked about a radio show or something. You know, the thing to do today is to podcast. I said, to what cast? <laughs> she said, to podcast. I said, what do you mean? And so she said, let me show you. And so she showed me and I started out with uh, uh, blog talk radio and I would just have my phone and my computer and I talk on my phone and I interviewed people from all across the country um, about their stories of success and failure. And what happened was that during that process, I found inspiration because their stories were so inspiring. And it got me to remember <laughs> that in fact, um, you know, our lives, it's all about that dash, Rajiv. It is, it's about the, you know, that, that horizontal stroke between the time that 
you know, we're born in the time that we leave this earth. What matters is that dash. And as I thought about my loved ones that I had just lost, what I remembered about them was what they did in their dash, that they made their lives worth living and helped me make my life worth living. And so what I needed to do was to, hey, put my big girl pants on, take a deep breath and begin the next journey, take my next best step. And podcasting really helped me do that because as I listened to these stories and heard from people, there was just so much to learn, so much to share. There were so many people out there who wanted to you know, hear these messages. So that's how I started. And then um, I went on to it, you know, my podcast kept growing and growing. And so I went on to uh, continue to uh, interview people. And so Ignite Impact is all about um, our stories and what happens and what we do to, and where, how we reach down deep to ignite ourselves to make a difference in the world. So what is it in us? What is it that we do? What have been our experiences, our successes, our failures that help unleash this impact that we have? Because I believe that everyone has a unique gift, a talent to share. So how do we unleash it? And how do we make a difference in the world? And so that's what my podcast is about, bringing to listeners um, stories about people who are trying to make it every day. And, and they're inspiring and informative and educational. And it, it ranges the gamut. So I'm, I'm, I guess at my, I just put up in fact today, Rajiv, I have to tell you about this because it's so special, but today I put up a podcast, a re-release of the conversation I had with Mary Wilson who, as you know, was the founding member of the Supremes, who just passed. And Mary, who's a Detroiter, um, she and I in 2018 had a real deep conversation about her journey from the projects to a life of stardom with the Supremes and her continuing legacy and work, particularly for young girls and serving as a role model. And so it was a fascinating conversation. And we did that in 2018. And when she passed, one of the ways that I thought to recognize her was to re-release that podcast. So when you talk about, um, you know, listening to stories about people and, and being being able to bring them real close and up personal to our listeners. And I know, Rajiv, you do the same thing. You bring this so close to people that they can reach out and touch it and learn. And so that's what my podcast is all about. And it helped save my life, frankly, um, because it got me out of myself, really, and had me really think about um, what I need to do next, because I ain't done yet. <laughs> awesome. You know, I'm also a big believer that most of our life, where we spend is with, you know, between our ears right here. That's right. This is where we live, you know, not in that uh, drawing room or not in my office. This is where we live. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so long as people recognize where they live and try to make the most of it, try to make that the most, uh, the best possible place and the best possible life that they can, everything else falls in line. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And, and I think podcasts like yours um, help people see that because you and I, we can say that, but I think people have to experience it and hear how to do it and learn. And that's why, you know, I think these podcasts are so important um, and, and the work that, that we do to try to bring um, advice and tips and practical strategies to people so that they can take them and you know, grab them. Um, the women I work with often ask me about, um, you know, like what are the key strategies to success and how did you work out your plan B? And so, you know, I share with them things like knowing your why, you know, you know, you just take the time to know why it is you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that brings you joy. Why do you do it? Why is it important? What are your values? And, and it goes with knowing your purpose. And I think that's um, such a way, that's very important, I think, to having a successful game plan and, and to create a plan, to have a plan for life and, and to you know, kind of figure out where you wanna go. And those plans don't always work out. That's why you have plan B. <laughs> um, th- they don't always work out, but that's okay because uh, whatever happens when you make mistakes or when you fail, there's a life lesson. And I think that living life teaches us lessons. And um, so all that's okay because we're learning and we're growing. Absolutely. So your new book, Justice on the Jersey Shore. Yes. Tell us what that's about. I know it's about your father and his uh, transformational journey um, at a point in time in life during the civil rights movement. So tell us about it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, So um, my dad was an ordinary man. (laughs) He was a government worker. Um, He happened to live in a small town uh, in Neptune, New Jersey, which is on the coast of east coast of New Jersey I grew up on the water (laughs) and and the beach and uh, he was a star athlete growing up and it was his hometown Uh, and when he and my mom were at a point where they could afford their first home they um, went one day to uh, the development real the real estate development office to say, hey, we've got the money. We want to purchase a home. We want you to build us a home in this brand new development. And Rajiv, back then in the so we're talking the um, 60s, 50s, 60s, that um, there were these developments that were popping up all over these housing developments, and you'd build these homes, and and so. He and my mom say, you know, we want to build the home. And they kept, you know, when the first time they went, there wasn't an application available. So they were told to come back. And then when they came back, there was another excuse. So finally, the third or fourth time when they came back, the real estate guy told them, uh, well, we just don't build homes for Negroes. And 
my dad was just shocked because, you know, again, he was a hometown hero. He had served in the army. Uh, he was, he and my mother both had master's degrees uh, and they had the money to be able to afford a home. So he couldn't understand how he couldn't have access to the American dream. So that began, so he decided to fight it. And that began a three year journey all the way to the state Supreme Court of New Jersey, which eventually ruled unanimously in his favor and told the developers to build my dad his home. And through that journey, there was hate mail and death threats and all kinds of um, trauma and drama and strife and stress that he and my mom went through, uh, but he persevered. And uh, he did that in housing, but he was also an activist in education. And he helped to desegregate the schools and bring racial balance um, and equity back into our town. And, and he worked in, um, housing, education, and employment. And people in the town used to know, always say, well, we can go to Mr. Jones because he'll help us with this. And he was known for that. And so I decided to write a book and I had always dreamed about writing a book. And when my mom passed, I knew I had to get on it right away. And so she passed. And then shortly thereafter, my husband passed. And so my dad and I both, you know, we kind of looked at each other and said, we have to do this. You know, we, we're losing our loved ones and we want to preserve. So the two of us grieving because we had both lost our spouses, buckled down and wrote together. And so the, the whole idea was we were going to write this book together and we were going to publish it together. He passed uh, before that happened, but he did, Rajiv, he met, he read the final manuscript and he told me it was good. It was really good. And so uh, it took me a little bit of time after that to publish because I was, you know, I was, I shared with you, I was going through this real grief phase, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I finally did. And so now um, the book Justice on the Jersey Shore is, is out. It's available on Amazon. And it tells uh, the story of my dad and his civil rights um, activism and how he changed history and was not really well known. You know, we know about the Rosa Parks and Martin Luther Kings and Malcolm X's and we celebrate and respect them. And across the country, there are thousands of people who every day were doing their civil rights thing, who were making a difference, who were making, you know, a, a change in their community, who are fighting for social justice. And my dad was one of them. He was one of those ordinary people who just did an extraordinary thing and uh, re really created history. And he so much wanted the book, this book, because he wanted to um, show young people um, he wanted young people to know about their history and show them strategies that they could use. And so today, as I talk about the book, not only do I talk about him and his fight, but I also talk about the leadership lessons 
that I learned from watching him and seeing him do what he did and accomplish what he accomplished. That is fantastic. Thank now, you. for people that want to reach you, what's, yes. the, what's the best way to get in touch? Well, I have a website, drgenevaspeaks.com. And so they can come on that website. They can join my email community. I would love to welcome folk who uh, would like to, you know, we can together uh, be about making a difference uh, in ourselves and in our community. And then I have a Facebook group called Extraordinary Women Influencers. And this is particularly for um, women who uh, just wanna have conversations and get inspiration and share ideas on women's issues. And, you know, we're, we're such an influence, women are, and we need to um, continue that influence and continue to make a positive difference. And at the same time, we have to know how to take care of ourselves. And so we talk a lot about self-care and how to develop uh, yourself uh, as a woman, as a leader, as an influencer, and the best that you are for yourself, you can be even better for others. And so that Facebook group is there. And so that's something people can join, but folk can, you know, just come on and join my email community. And perhaps um, for those who are looking for some one-to-one -one coaching, you can go to my website. I have um, sessions there available for that. Or for those who would like, you know, me to come and speak or talk with or facilitate groups, um, I love doing that. And I also uh, do speaker um, I talk about a variety of topics dealing with aging, philanthropy, uh, strategic planning, um, building community, legacy, you know, a number of topics, as well as I also do, Rajiv, still consult with uh, nonprofits because I spent, you know, 40 plus years running nonprofits, working in nonprofits, being on the ground, you know, they're um, I know pretty much everything there is to know about a nonprofit organization. Um, and I've learned so much from so many great leaders. Uh, so I still consult with those who are interested in either starting a nonprofit or wanna, or working through some of the issues that nonprofits deal with. Um, I'm available for that as well. Awesome. Well, Dr. Geneva, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story, your dad's story, as thank well you. as the work that you do. Very inspiring and uh, keep continuing to do what you're doing. Happy to jump in and help where possible and we'll definitely okay. check out your book. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to be here with Plan B, success. <laughs>